you know, this should be something that should be accessible to everybody or this whole well-being space that today um, athletes have access to um, should be a, something democratized. And uh, that's where, you know, we said, okay, this is uh, a journey worth taking. We were passionate about this. Uh, you know, we were also very fortunate that, uh, you know, we had very successful careers. Uh, and this was, this was a risk we could take um, uh, to, to have a big impact on the world rather than just do something for, uh, for money. Okay, great. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us today. We've got a very exciting episode. Khaled and I are hosting Sandeep Sani and Nadine Karadag from Valio. So Valio is a health tracking and guided well-being app. As an end consumer, essentially, it places control over your health and health data back into your hands. Um, so before we, we, we dig deeper into Valio, uh, I'm going to ask Nadine and Sandeep to introduce themselves. Uh, Nadine, shall we start with you? Sure, happy to. Uh, hi, Stephanie. Hi, Khalid. And thank you for inviting us uh, to the podcast. We're very excited. Uh, my name is Nadine Karadag. I'm half Turkish, half Syrian. I was a director in a private equity firm called Growthgate uh, the last five years, where I worked uh, with the portfolio companies uh, in terms of uh, adding value and monitoring. Before that, I was in a construction company, also five years, where I was the COO. It felt like it was another world, so I was running the operations. Uh, a great experience. Um, uh, yes. Sandeep? Yeah. Hi, Steph. Hi, Khaled. Uh, also, thank you for uh, inviting us. This is, uh, looking forward to uh, this podcast. Uh, just to introduce myself, uh, so I'm Sandeep Sani, the CEO of uh, Valio. Um, before starting uh, Valio, I have been now a tech entrepreneur for uh, close to uh, 10 years. Uh, so right after my MBA at INSEAD, uh, where both Nadine and I first met. Um, uh, so I had started an e-commerce company in Southeast Asia called Lazada, which, uh, uh, you know, we went from literally selling, uh, buying things uh, off the off stores, get delivering them ourselves to uh, turning it into, into a unicorn and selling it to Alibaba for $3 billion um, back in uh, 2015. And uh, after that, uh, basically jumped around from at, uh, jumped around to another tech company, uh, ride-hailing business called Ola, uh, which was backed by SoftBank, and um, grew uh, their non-cab uh, uh, divisions, so Ola Shuttle, Ola Auto, and so on. Uh, from there, I um, got the bug again and wanted to do something uh, of myself. So I actually ended up uh, moving to Iran with uh, one of my uh, co-founders from Lazada and uh, we basically built uh, you know uh, several internet businesses in Iran uh, he they had they, there was already a ride hailing company in place uh, called snap uh, which is today uh, the biggest ride hailing company in the region uh, doing close to um, you know 2 million rides a day. It's bigger than Ola in India, so, so the company I left. Uh, it's bigger than Kareem um, in 22 countries, even though uh, Snap is only in one country. Uh, so very, very exciting um, experience, uh, basically going from a highly competitive uh, business in, in Southeast Asia or in India, going to Iran where you know you, you 
there was no competition and you just had to do the right things um, uh, to make sure that the customer uh, adopts you. So you could try a lot more things, uh, take, a, uh, take much bigger um, basically uh, operational risks uh, compared to previously where you, know, you had to make sure you're in line with the competitor or not being left behind. Uh, from there we also started a payments company uh, which I became the CEO of and uh, you know built that to uh, to another massive business doing three million transactions a day um, uh, so completely in fintech uh, democratizing um, uh, payments in Iran um, amazing experience so we were always ahead of the regulators and ahead of um, everything that was happening you know people were people had no idea how how we were growing so quickly um, so that was amazing then uh, basically COVID happened <laughs> so no more travel uh, got restricted and then uh, you know uh, Nadine and I uh, started uh, meeting um, uh, you know every week uh, and uh, seeing how or what we can do together and uh, this is also a time, uh, you know, Nadine can jump more into this, but this is also a time when I started to focus on my health. So I guess eight years of uh, tech startup uh, and before that, um, you know, I think around six years of banking and private equity. So basically 100 hour work week uh, kind of gets to your body after a while. So I was going through a burnout, uh, trying to see, okay, what I should change in my life. And uh, Nadine introduced me to uh, Jamie. Nadine, do you want to cover the rest of the story? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, Sandeep and I, we'd, uh, as you said, we'd meet for breakfast on 8 a.m. on Thursday. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, we went through many different ideas. Like we knew we wanted to set up something together. Uh, we've known each other for 10 years and we both respect and admire each other. So we went, we thought of F&B, we thought of different ideas and Sandeep at that time, he was feeling burnt out. And as he said, I mean, he was working so hard. And so I introduced him to my well-being coach, Jamie Richards, who's actually one of our co-founders uh, in Valeo, um, full time with us. And uh, so San and Jamie, I know him since five years. So when I was running the construction company, so think of it, it's the Middle East industry construction, uh, very high stress levels. So I started getting more and more like diagnosed in different illnesses, right? So I would go to doctors, they would diagnose me, they'll give me prescription. Fine. It's, it's you know, they did their job, but I felt that there was more into that. Uh, you know, it's impossible that, you know, the body and mind is so connected. I'm so stressed. I'm sure there's another, you know, a complementary way that I can also take care of myself. So I started becoming curious of how the food I eat affects me, the supplements I take affects me. And I started meeting with uh, a lot of uh, well-being coaches, functional medicine, uh, doctors, um, anything. Like, you know, if I'm curious about something, if I want to find a solution, I'll do everything. So I went to London, LA, I went to New York, um, and it was all about like paying a lot of money, uh, taking a lot of different type of supplements and basically having lettuce for lunch. I mean, I am exaggerating, but like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't, you're not eating a lot of food, let's say. You still have lettuce for lunch, Nadine. <laughs> yes, I still have. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I still have salad for lunch, but you know. Uh, so so then with Jamie, and then I met Jamie. Uh, he's really a personality. He gets to know you. And you, you know, it's like a journey of two years of testing your blood, seeing your biomarkers, checking the trend, adjusting your food, adjusting your supplements. And like, he basically gives you all the tools to understand yourself, understand your body. And each one is different, right? So let's say if, for example, apple cider vinegar is good uh, for me, it doesn't mean it's good for, you know, the person next to us or my friend because I recommend it to them. So that was my journey with Jamie and Sandeep had the same journey. He felt better. His wife, who's a very good friend of mine also, Iknur had the same journey. She felt better. And while we were like debating what we should launch, I mean, Sandeep was like, Nadine, we have, I mean, we have an idea in our hands. Like this is the gap in the market, right? What do you do if you're not sick, but you're not feeling your best? Like what is the options in the market right now? Uh, one side is you go to let's say uh, Instagram or TikTok and you have these influencers that are beautiful take a lot of selfies and have a very good uh, body and and recommend things to you but you know how safe is that or you have the other side of it where you know you go to a well-being treat uh, retreat in Bali pay so much money that you're actually stressed of the money you paid for the retreat, you know? So that's what we felt. And we started doing research, you know, actually the health packages that are offered from clinics in the UAE are the one of the most expensive uh, in the world. So on average, you'll pay 800 dirhams to do a full checkup. In the States, it's 320 dirhams, for example. Um, so yeah, that's where we, we saw the gap in the market and value came in. Yeah, I, I still remember the day I was, you know, Nadine was, uh, so Nadine introduced me to Jamie and I was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I don't know what I would have done otherwise. And, um, it, it just, and then she explained me, you know, as she was telling me her journey, I was like, I think she summarized it at the end saying that, you know, well-being can be so expensive but if done right, it is the most valuable thing. And, uh, you know, that's what hit me as an, as an entrepreneur that, you know, that's our job, right? To something that's not accessible, something that's expensive, uh, or at least the perception that is expensive to make it more affordable. And that's what we did with uh, ride hailing, uh, be it in India or be it in Iran. Uh, taking a taxi one day was considered very expensive. And today people don't even bat an eye and just order, a, order an Uber, order a, um, you know, a taxi and, and off they go. Uh, so, so, and that's where, you know, um, also speaking to Jamie, right? So Jamie uh, is not some, someone you can just Google and find on the internet. You actually have to go to a lot of, uh, go through different circles. So he actually trains athletes and uh, uh, you know trying to improve uh, or help them improve their uh, stamina their energy basically taking helping them take their game to the next level using um, you know nutrition and uh, and so on um, or lifestyle changes so that also is something for me that was like okay athletes are the elite uh, you know uh, so this should be something that should be accessible to everybody so jamie or this whole well-being space that today um, athletes have access to um, should be a, something democratized and uh, that's where you know we said okay 
this is a journey worth taking um, for, for both Nadine and I, you know, we were passionate about this. Uh, you know, we were also very fortunate that, uh, you know, we had very successful careers. Uh, and this was, this was a risk we could take um, uh, to, to have a big impact on the world rather than just do something for, uh, for money or some, and things like that. So we got, uh, I mean, I, I still remember that day. It was, you know, that day we, when we decided, you know, let, let's go with, uh, go with health tech. And then we came up with the logo and the name. Uh, very, very exciting times. It was all during lockdowns. So, <laughs> hmm. so um, I mean, before getting into the business more, I think we'd love to hear from you know each of you uh, a little bit more about kind of your individual journeys through entrepreneurship. So maybe, I mean, maybe starting with you, Sandeep. I mean, you've. You've kind of been in, you've been in operator roles, building really, you know, exceptional businesses in, 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 in multiple countries, very different countries. So how is it, I mean, the, the first thing that kind of stands out from your profile is really, and, and really one of the, the, one of the drivers of why we invested is, is both of your profiles. But I think one thing that stands out is that, you know, this will be your fourth company in four different geographies, if I'm not mistaken. So starting with Southeast Asia, you know, going to India, Iran, and now, you know, the wider Middle East. What's the, you know, UAE, Saudi. So what's, uh, you know, what, how is it kind of moving across those kind of emerging markets? What are the, I think the similarities and then the differences and what can you kind of glean from each experience that you can take to the next? Ah, great, uh, great question. So um, the similarity is uh, that um, change uh, will will happen. Uh, tech will disrupt um, all industries. And uh, when I was in uh, Southeast Asia in two thousand and twelve, uh, e-commerce was already being already disrupting um, in India and it hadn't yet started to disrupt, uh, Southeast Asia. And I just happened to be there because of INSEAD. I was, uh, studying there and I said, okay, no, this is, um, this is an opportunity that I have seen, uh, being very successful in India. Uh, and it's just a matter of time. It comes to Southeast Asia. Right. Uh, same thing I would say as I was, you know, when I, when, uh, after ride hailing, the next thing that got, uh, sorry, after e-commerce, the next thing that got disrupted was ride hailing. And it was time that you know at that time when I when I moved into ride hailing, um, it was it was it was peaking uh, or it was growing really quickly. Uh, and uh, I mean, when we were in Iran, we went from seventy thousand rides a day to a million rides a day in six months, uh, just because uh, we knew what to do, what levers to push, uh, where how much tech to build, and so on. Yeah, so a lot that I had learned at uh, at Lazada or at Ola helped me, uh, you know, uh, scale uh, Snap Taxi much faster, right? We were not scared of launching new cities. We were not scared of breaking our tech uh, and so on and so forth. Um, um, and, and, and for me, uh, you know, this is basically uh, has been the commonality throughout uh, all, the, all the ventures that I've done. I, it's usually they have been successful uh, somewhere else, right? Um, uh, and, and I do believe, uh, you know, Middle East is, um, I think it's the, one of the last frontiers where, t uh, technology comes in. So, um, 
e-commerce was disrupted in this part of the world in 2015, actually more like 2017 once Noon launched. Before Noon, e-commerce was sort of a profitable business. It was more of a convenience thing than rather like, okay, no, let's go out, let's change the, uh, the way people shop. Um, and then ride hailing happened uh, fairly quickly. So, you know, when I, when I started, uh, when I moved here, um, I realized that, okay, tech is catching up here. So what uh, took maybe 10 years of disruption in India is all happening here in a matter of three to five years. Um, and health tech, uh, I mean, I'd already done uh, fintech. Uh, again, yeah, fintech, we went, uh, we, we grew very extremely quickly. We became a three million um, transaction or 100 million transaction company a month in, uh, in a matter of a year. Uh, all because uh, this kind of disruption or people were ready and they were just waiting for someone to uh, make this uh, make the services available um, so that's where you know I think Middle East is uh, special and uh, I'm very excited I think health tech is definitely um, the future or well-being tech as we are calling it now um, you know it has already happened in the US uh, Europe uh, and there is no reason why it shouldn't happen uh, in the Middle East uh, in the coming year, uh, especially with COVID being a massive catalyst. Um, I still remember, um, you know, we were in Jakarta. I was a uh, co-CEO in Jakarta uh, for Lazada. And uh, we pushed our team on a daily basis um, uh, with, with one uh, motto that, okay, the day a brand is available in LA, it should be available in Jakarta. Yeah, it's, again, it's, uh, you know, it's not something uh, that is reserved for the elite who are sitting in LA. It should be for people in Jakarta. Until that day, bring us more SKUs, keep adding more assortment, keep adding, uh, you know, making the site, um, the experience better and so on and so forth. And that's what kept us growing and growing till we reached, uh, I think, close to 20 million uh, SKUs by the time I left. Uh, now there are more than, I think, uh, close to a billion uh, SKUs on that website. Um, uh, so that's that's the driving change, right? Okay, why is our country um, behind uh, the rest? And you know, tech has with tech today, uh, everybody should have the same advantage. Tech has democratized a lot of things. Um, same thing when we launched uh, fintech. Yeah, why was a peer-to-peer -peer transfer possible in uh, U.S. and not possible uh, in Iran or in this part of the world? Um, uh, in certain respect, uh, you know, uh, because we were moving so quickly and breaking things so quickly in Iran, um, you know, fintech is significantly ahead or more advanced than even the Middle East uh, in GCC. Um, uh, you know, we really, uh, uh, we, we really took advantage of the system over there and uh, of the ecosystem over there when it came to payments uh, and what we could, uh, you know, how quickly we could change consumer habit and so on. So, so that's basically in a nutshell, you know, uh, what I would say uh, was the driving force uh, for me that uh, I, I strongly believe that tech um, will disrupt uh, everything. Uh, and, it, and it is basically uh, touching and disrupting everything. Um, it's just a matter of time, you know, uh, who or which entrepreneur takes a risk and says, I'm going to do this uh, and, and, and moves forward. Yeah. And so... Uh, Nadine, uh, uh, I mean, you went from, um, you know, like an, an, op an operator role, right, through to, you know, being on the side, of, uh, cap the capital side, like as on the, with Growthgate, and then you sort of uh, come back to the operator slash entrepreneur role. So what, what was, um, 
I mean, besides your your interest in the space and your you know your you know being interested in 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 health healthcare and wellness, what what's kind of driven that journey for you between investment and operator, and what sort of um, I want to say shift in mindset does that require, um, and how and how does that kind of change happen? Sure, I mean definitely. Um... Growing up, having a father who's an entrepreneur who set up his business, uh, I think it just comes in your blood, right? You saw him set it up from zero. You know, you went to office with him. Um, you helped him when you can. So I think it was always uh, it was always in my blood. And when I worked in the construction company, it's actually it was the family business, and I was very young, and I found myself you know, a, a girl in the construction business, uh, having to be, uh, you know, COO, having to take very tough decisions, having the stress of like making sure we have enough cash flow to pay salaries. You know, I felt like that was for me, uh, like an entrepreneur boot camp. you know? We actually call it the military <laughs> between us, but it's like the military, you know? I was put five years in a situation where it was extremely difficult. It was an industry I was not, um, I I was not familiar with. It was an industry that you know was very, uh, not let's say you know, uh, female driven, um, but but it was so rewarding. It was so rewarding just seeing the company you know stabilizing, going up, uh, you know seeing how the employees are growing with you and how you know like you you had an idea you set up a company you're paying salaries to these people who are you know raising their families you see them grow i don't know it was for me there was a lot of purpose in it and you know empowerment that you receive and empowerment that you give uh, to the people um so that's when i think the entrepreneur uh, bug came in me and then when i moved to the capital side actually most of the companies we were running uh, were family businesses. So let's say it was a, a one-man uh, shareholder and then we come in as the minority or majority shareholders. And my plan, you know, my, my role was to work with these family businesses of, or with these entrepreneurs that have set up, you know, companies that have succeeded, that have been running their companies for 40 years, you know, to... Uh, you know, help them enter new geographies, but even just the mental, you know, next generation, how do you fix succession? So for me, companies, I'm, uh, I'm very much, uh, I, I see companies as people, you know, so it depends on the founder or on the, you know, on the CEO's personality, vision, purpose, on how everything else will crumbled like go down in the in the company and with Sandeep actually you know having those 8 a.m breakfast I feel that's where our foundation built as co-founders because we spoke as much as we spoke about the idea we wanted to build we also spoke about the company we want to build, uh, build what kind of vision we want what kind of culture we want what and it was so aligned that we're like, okay, you know what? We have something good here and let's go, let's do it. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, and then about uh, how, you know, the transition from growth gate to this, what, what kind of drove that? If you, if you can kind of dig into that a little bit more. 
Yeah, of course. Um, so when I went to the capital side, um, it was very interesting. You know, you uh, you know, you attend board meetings, you monitor, but you're not there. Like you're not in the ground. And I would say for five years, you know, I learned so much because each company. Uh, we had in the portfolio was a different industry. So we we had waste management, food, uh, tech, um, you know, so seeing it from a strategic point of view, focusing on each one. We had one retail company in Morocco. Um, it was very interesting, but I really wanted to come back and like get my hands dirty, come back to executing something, you know, building a team, seeing uh, what we're building, um, and and the vision, I, I really truly believe there is a gap in the market when it comes to well-being. And as Sandeep said, I mean, if if it's already in the West, right? It's already in the US and Europe. Either we do it or somebody else is gonna do it. So we said we should do it. And that's my drive. So Nadine, I have a question for you, for you both actually. So you've you've mostly operated in industries uh, You've, you've either worked on helping digitize them or Nadine, you've worked closely with family businesses and helped them think about the future. And that's a very different mindset. And it's almost like healthcare is also one of those industries that's been quite slow to digitize, particularly in the region. It feels like there's so much to take from your previous experiences and apply in this industry. Um, as you help digitize it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sandeep, maybe I'll go uh, first. For me, there's two sides to it. One side is I've always been put in situations where I didn't have a background, even in the industry or the role I was in. And I believe, you know, as long as you work hard and you're curious and you want to learn, you'll find your way through it. Um, but something that I'm very, very lucky with is that Sandeep is my co-founder. You know, we, we have a very open and honest relationship. I don't feel shy to ask him questions. I'm very aware that this is his fourth startup and this is my first. And so I tell him, like, I'm so lucky to, you know, you're here you and he's ready to teach me. So I think just always keeping an open discussion being humble about like yes we're entering uh, an industry we don't know yes we're trying to disrupt an industry we don't know uh yes uh, we think it's gonna get disrupted like i said either we do it or somebody else do it or we do it you know with the other companies um but as long as you know you keep an open communication you work hard you're curious and you know you know sandeep and i like every morning it's like we push ideas into each other, you know, we, we would, you know, uh, debate about one thing, but I mean, I'm, I personally, I'm learning every day and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, so, so Stephanie, as you mentioned this, it's definitely an industry that's been slow uh, to disrupt, uh, to be disrupted or slow to adopt uh, technology. In fact, uh, the most basic uh, value product today in the market is that we offer um, you to have your blood test results in an app uh, that you can refer to at any time and compare it to uh, your previous uh, results if you have them uh, all sort of in the app. So you don't have to sift through, uh, you know, thousands of PDF files or whatever, a couple of PDF files uh, looking for the numbers uh, on your blood test. 
um, you know, this is, uh, you know, PDF files get lost, they get deleted uh, um, because they were shared, you know, via WhatsApp uh, or something uh, or, or an email that you don't remember. Um, or worse, you print them out and then they're, they're lying in your, um, in, your, uh, in your house basically as clutter. Uh, uh, so no, this is definitely. I mean, when I uh, look at uh, when 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 we looked at well-being, when we looked at uh, value as an idea, for me, uh, you know, the learnings that I said why it found uh, attractive uh, was that uh, you know some of the learning from my previous company, and I think I mentioned before, was that this is something where we are bringing uh, we are bringing that something that people are considering expensive, um, and uh, with our sort of technology with uh, you know the R&D that's happening globally uh, you know we want really to become that platform where uh, access to health data can become um, less and less invasive and more affordable uh, as time goes yeah um, um, and and, and uh, also less painful as in you know you don't have to stand in a queue go to the lab um, and then wait for your results. Yeah, everything is at home, uh, at the convenience of the user uh, who was on the app. And that's basically what we have done uh, when, be it in e-commerce, the reason e-commerce picked up was everything was convenient at home, not just the buying process, but even the return. Um, same thing with the ride hailing, everything came at home, press of a button, you no longer have to go stand outside in the heat, look for a taxi. Um, and, and so on and so forth. Same with uh, fintech, right? So, uh, so these are the these are the experiences that really tell you, okay, what are uh, you know how uh, what are the low hanging fruits in this industry that you can pick up on quickly, um, and you don't need to be an expert in the industry, right? You just have to um, believe in the tech and believe in what the consumer wants. Uh, and as long as you go from the consumer's uh, point pain points, um, you know we are hoping that there should be. A good adoption uh, as as we as we push forward. In terms of like your long term uh, vision for where to take the business, I mean you're starting off with this um, this concept of kind of like on demand uh, blood tests uh, and then personalized uh, advice. Where where, how, where does where does this go to? I mean, what got us excited to invest was you know the power of like digitizing your healthcare experience and your wellness experience. Um, where, where does this go in the future? Like in three, four, five years, what would, what would be success to you and what, what would you consider like a great outcome for the business itself? Uh, great, uh, great question. Nadine, maybe I can uh, go first. Um, so, um, you know, uh, my, this, is a, this is an advice I give to, um, you know, everybody or every uh, person who comes to me says, hey, Sandeep, uh, I want to start a company. What should I do? I have another job. I am not 100% sure of my idea. Um, and I always tell them, uh, focus, jump in your idea and give it your 100% and then you will see how big the industry uh, or how big your idea can become uh, and your vision can become, right? So I remember when Nadine and I first met, you know, uh, we wanted to actually do uh, do-it-yourself home uh, blood tests, right? And the idea was that uh, you order um, uh, order a do-it-yourself, uh, you know, blood blood kit at home. You, you prick yourself, you take your blood, you collect your blood, and then ship it. 
and then um, something that's you know already happening in the U.S. with Everlywell. There is Thriva. They're both. I mean, Everlywell is a unicorn, uh, raised more than two hundred fifty million dollars. So we had a success case. Um, we did a survey here, and uh, in fact, me and Nadine, uh, you know, uh, ordered these prick tests. Uh, yeah, pricked ourselves. Uh, I think Nadine's fingers went blue. Um, I, <laughs> I, the kid sat on my desk for. Uh, for three weeks and Nadine calling me every day did you do the test did you do the test I'm like I'm scared I don't know if I want to do this um, and then we you know uh, one fine day um, you know uh, Nadine was um, getting her uh, insurance life insurance done and a nurse walks in and takes her blood at home and she's like Sandeep this was so much more convenient than the than the pricking I, I did uh, or, or she did and uh, you know that's how basically the idea came about okay let's start with at-home blood tests and um, we added uh, you know we, we, we did the trial with a few of our family and friends uh, they loved the experience uh, and then we said okay but now we need to engage with them what do we do uh, and then in came the well-being coach um, uh, sort of uh, the guidance the guided well-being part of the app uh, where you can then engage and actually have someone to tell you what your results mean and you know what kind of lifestyle changes or you should be taking and so on and the more and more time we spend on the business the more and more we realize that this is um, a massive space innovation is happening uh, at uh, lightning speed globally people are uh, you know health uh, data um, uh, is becoming uh, more and more accessible um, uh, with newer and newer kinds of tests. Uh, so yes, the pricking is horrible, uh, but now there are new tests that you just put a patch on so you don't prick yourself. You just, uh, you, you order a patch and the patch collects the blood. You don't, you know, have to um, feel the pain or basically, you know, numb your fingers doing it. Um, and already we're seeing a lot of innovation. Uh, our vision is that uh, technology is gonna make this, uh, make these tests um, as easy as your sugar test today, uh, which uh, a diabetes patient uh, sort of takes, uh, whereby you can test yourself, get your results instantly, and uh, and uh, without having to send uh, the test anywhere. So you know the machine or or the test comes with the with the, with the with the result calculator, and you keep doing it to see what and where uh, your body, how your body is actually reacting to, um, to the different things you're eating, to the different exercises you're doing, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, and you know, we believe that the future is personalized um, healthcare, uh, healthcare and well-being uh, for each individual to their own needs. Yeah? So I think Nadine mentioned this in the beginning, keto doesn't work for any, everybody, right? Keto might be great for weight loss, but it kills your body if done wrong when it comes to a nutrition point of view. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, lemon and water can be great for some people in the morning, can, might not be so good for some people um, and so on. So it's all, but you need, but this is, there's no sort of um, a book available for this or, 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 or you have to test yourself to see, hey, I just ate this, what did it do to my body, right? Um, and, and it's all comes down to that we want people to be able to listen to their body and have a way uh, to, to basically amplify their bodies, uh, what their body is trying to tell them uh, via an app. Um, so our vision is that you know we make health data more and more accessible, which leads into personalized uh, lifestyle coaching, 
combined with uh, be it uh, you know for supplements be it for um, uh, you know uh, community uh, or even um, uh, goal-based testing which you know you want to maybe test uh, just certain parts uh, and not everything uh, as, as, as it is done today you know I, I feel like health is you know your health is one of those things that you feel you're in control of until you realize that you're not necessarily um, so for me the wellness aspect of it the wellness coaching aspect of it is very interesting because I feel like um, it's almost educational and it helps you really understand what your results mean but also what you should be doing about it versus you know following uh, you know this and that type of fad um, so uh, two questions um, how does that work on the platform and then the second part is is this something that you feel you'll expand on in the long term? Yeah, right now in the in the app, we actually started with a very simple offering. So you have the choice of two blood tests, baseline or advanced. And we've done it in a way that we curated it. So we're, you know, it's not like you're going to somebody and he writes you like a huge list of blood tests to take. No, we really curated it to what actually we need for us to check your well-being. So let's say if you go and you choose the advanced female test, we will check all your vitamins, your hormone levels, your liver, kidney, sugar, and cholesterol levels. And we believe this is will give us an overall idea of how your body is, um, is performing. So because all of these biomarkers affect your energy levels, your focus levels, your sleep levels, um, I mean, the amount of people that have, let's say, answered our surveys that have sleep issues uh, was actually very surprising to us. So all these biomarkers, uh, in a way, think of it as we get your health ID, right? This is your health ID at this time. And when we take your blood test, we also at the same time make you fill up a health assessment. So it's your symptoms at that point of time. What I find so interesting is that previously, you know, they would say, yes, I do my yearly checkup. Yes, you do your yearly checkup, but that's, you know, your body is not that one day you took your yearly checkup. You know, your body is complex and unique and it changes every day, right? So if you took and you checked your body one time, it doesn't mean that you know how your body was performing the whole year. So, so you do those blood tests and you check your symptoms at that time, what were they? So then the more you do tests with us, the more we will be linking your blood biomarkers to your symptoms. And the more with time, we can also tell you what are your uh, optimal levels. So once you do your blood test, the nurse comes home, leaves, you get a notification on the app saying your blood results are ready. You open the app, every biomarker is explained uh, in simple words, you know, like, you know, for anybody to understand. And it's what we also explain is how this biomarker affects you, you know, and what type of changes can you do to uh, normalize this biomarker. So we focus on each biomarker. And then at the end, you will also get a one-time feedback from one of our well-being coaches that reviewed all your profile from, let's say, the questionnaires and the blood uh, markers and gives you feedback on like what adjustments you need to do to your food or to your movement. Um, and then we also will propose like you should work with a well-being coach 
uh, to work on, you know, to improve these biomarkers. It seems like there's a really interesting opportunity with the data that you'll be aggregating. Um, what's the what's the thinking behind that? What's the thinking for it? Yeah, actually, some something very interesting. And Sandeep and I, I, I you know, uh, and as he said, like when you're a user, we're all users, right? And well-being and healthcare. So when you're a user and you know what's the gap in the market, then you have the passion to fix it. So when you do a blood test and you have a normal range, you know, so you'll get a phone call from a nurse that tells you, oh, everything is normal in your blood test. And then you're like, okay, thank you, but I don't feel very good. We actually found out that the normal range in the blood test is based on like a very standard range that's not based on anything that comes from this area, from this region. It's like a, it's based on the machine they're testing you on, you know? And the normal range, for example, can be between 20 and 120. Yes, you're in the normal range, but are you in the optimal range? So our vision with Sandeep is that the more we have your blood biomarker data, the more we have the symptoms that come with it, the more we can tell you through AI is what is your optimal vitamin D level. It's not this, you know, huge range that's in it, like for your body, how much vitamin D you need. And this is particularly, I think, very interesting to women and our hormone levels, because yes, you have a normal hormone level, but it's, it's you know, some women might need more estrogen, might need, you know, another hormone. So uh, yeah, this is, this is gonna be one of the ways we would like to use the data to uh, inform the person on their optimal levels. Um, in terms of like, as you look to scale this business going forward, like, what are you, uh, what are you most worried about? What, what are you, what are you the challenges you are forecasting and how are you starting to think about overcoming those challenges? Oh, good. Um, <clears throat> we're not uh, worried about uh, things. Uh, we're excited, I think, uh, more than anything about uh, the days ahead or the months ahead. But, um, I mean, this is a new industry. We are defining uh, well-being um, as an industry. Uh, and we do believe uh, that I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity available out there, right? So we, people are, uh, I think, Stephanie, as you mentioned, you know, uh, you're, you're, you feel like you're in control of health till, you, till, you, till, you don't, till you're not. A lot of folks today uh, have seen their friends or family members uh, who are very healthy, uh, buff, went to the gym, um, end up on a respirator because the immune system was not as strong uh, to fight the COVID, right? Um, so, uh, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's extremely important that we are able to um, convince uh, users that yes you know you, you you might be in control of your health but you need to look at the data of your health as well so this is a new habit that users will be forming now um, a blood test is something that's very common uh, once you sort of turn 30 uh, 30 or 35 plus you do it on an annual basis we are uh, telling people that yes the annual is a great thing to do but if something is actually not uh, okay you need to you need to make some lifestyle changes and then do it more often till the results actually do become sustainable right so it's a change in consumer habit that um, you know every tech company or ever that, that has been built or every tech industry that's been built had to go through um, uh, and you know there were a lot of naysayers uh, I remember when we were doing 
when we were building e-commerce in Indonesia, um, I used to, I you know, we used to go but try to buy fridge or TVs and sell them online and the, and the seller distributors would tell us nobody buys a TV online. Uh, this is 2012, right? Um, uh, so we are just wasting our time. They wouldn't even work with us. We literally had to like, um, you know, without letting them know, post their products on the internet and then go to them and buy it from them uh, till they sort of caught on what we were doing and then started, uh, you know, coming, uh, joining our marketplace and so on. So, um, uh, we do believe, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, you know, of course, change is tough. We will see in this part of the world as well. Um, we are, um, uh, you know, but but I think uh, with the right awareness, with the right ma marketing, um, uh, consumer habits uh, will improve and change for the better. I think, uh, you know, our motto internally is that 100 is the new 60. People need to stay healthy till they're 100 and as you know people are living longer lives they will uh, well-being will become more and more important um, to make sure that they are fit and running and not just sitting on a couch uh, or, or um, you know for 30 odd years of their life um, the other thing uh, is of course you know uh, we are uh, we, we believe that um, you know today we are in the space that is uh, traditionally been uh, driven by fads uh, you know, well-being is not something you learn from word of mouth or from generations sort of you know of concepts passed down from your from your parents um, or worse you go on TikTok uh, and learn about the new latest fad um, you know we want to add credibility to uh, this space and um, you know we want to make sure that we are the trusted name uh, the trusted brand and people can uh, look up to us and say, okay, no, this is not just a fad. This is uh, something that I can trust. And a lot of my, um, you know, everyone who has tried it has benefited um, and, you know, uh, it should work for me too. And that's where the whole personalized angle comes in. We don't tell, uh, you know, our well-being coaches don't tell the same thing to everybody, right? They, they look at your results, they, get, they spend their time getting to know you and then and only then will they sort of, you know, recommend certain lifestyle changes um, uh, to you. Uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, this has happened to all the industries I've been in, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Uh, sooner or later, uh, you, you know, uh, regulators come in uh, and they want to sort of say, okay, what is this industry? We need to regulate it. So well-being today is not regulated, um, just like online retail uh, was not regulated in, uh, you know, 10 years back. Uh, over time, it changed, the name changed from online retail to uh, marketplace uh, so that they could then regulate it in a proper way. Same with taxi, uh, you know, when we started, um, uh, when Ola started, it was a taxi app. Now, uh, today it's called a ride hailing app. Uh, so the regulator, they worked with the regulators and, uh, you know, made sure that their industry uh, thrives um, um, under, under them in, in the right way, which is right for the consumer, right for the, right for the company, and of course, right for the regulators. And uh, this is something that we, we, are, we, we are very open to uh, and expecting uh, that as well-being becomes more and more prominent, um, uh, you know, we want regulators to come in and, you know, see what, uh, what, what the world is today, right? So I always tell Nadine, we are competing against the, these random Instagram followers or TikTok, uh, uh, influencers who are giving advice without understanding anything about who their audience is, 
um, and uh, are just getting likes or you know doing it for uh, reasons that might not be uh, genuine uh, for the for the uh, for the person receiving this advice. Um, and yes, we want, uh, you know, we, and that's the time where, you know, uh, we want regulation to come in and say, okay, separating the, um, you know, the not, not so smart or, or, or the fake news from, uh, from, from us and from the trustworthy uh, uh, word uh, where people can be comfortable, safe and, um, you know, trust that they are getting the right uh, advice. Um, so that's uh, that's something that we look forward to. I think um, I've seen it now happen in two of my previous industries. Um, definitely, you know, we want to work with the regulators um, as as this evolution happens, and we think it's a good thing because if regulators come in, that means we're doing the right thing. That means we are uh, on the right track, and you know, the industry is big enough to get the government's attention, right? <laughs> cool. So, uh, so you've just announced um, your seed round. What's uh, what's in the works for the next uh, few months to a year? Oh, very good. So uh, we we've done a seed round uh, pre-revenue. So we are now currently in our uh, product market fit phase. Uh, you know, doing uh, lots of experiments, uh, do uh, ramping up the team, um, getting the data, getting the analytics right, um, and uh, and basically you know building our infrastructure. Uh, we believe that uh, we will be spending at least the next three months, uh, you know, finding the product market fit, getting getting the messaging right, uh, finding those levers to push, uh, and then once you find the lever, you basically uh, you know hit the accelerator uh, with uh, with all your force, and that's you know what we're looking forward to. So once we know uh, what to push, we will be uh, launching Saudi. Um, and the rest of the GCC market um, to basically ensure that uh, you know we are uh, you know we're expanding quickly. Uh, this is something that we did with ride hailing. I remember we launched. Uh, we spent um, you know in three cities. We spent a year, uh, but after that uh, we reached uh, thirty cities in the next uh, six months. Right. Uh, uh, so you you uh, when you know something works, you just push the lever. You you. you you don't have you don't have to wait. You just keep you know replicating it in every city that you go in. So so that's uh, that's basically where uh, you know I think um, we are going to focus on um, and setting up the team. Also, that's one of our focus. Setting up the right team. You know, uh, it's very important with the same vision, same culture. Um, so yeah, we've been interviewing right and left and hiring people. So a, a lot of exciting times. I think uh, uh, Sandeep and I, every morning we have like 15 priorities and then, <laughs> and then the day finishes and we didn't do any of them. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's exciting times. I'm sure uh, Nadine, Sandeep, uh, we're almost out of time. Um, thank you so much for being with us today and then for giving us uh, for giving us the time for this thank you guys really appreciate it thank you so much thank you thank you to you guys. Oh, it was our pleasure thank you so much <laughs>